listening to the Sermon Podcast from Real Life Moscow Campus, reaching the world for Jesus one person at a time. Welcome to my world. Anybody curious why Gus at in 2002 had a full arm tattoo and they both had beards, beards and stuff like that? You're kind of like, wow, okay, mature young men. You know, we have super amazing, talented people. Um, Adelie is up here leading worship, and Gus is the guy who produces those videos and stuff. And so super grateful for our team of people that make uh, our church amazing, and so and, and you guys as well. So I'm excited. Uh, my name is Josh Gray. I get the privilege of serving this church um, here, and uh, it's just an honor and a privilege to be here. And today we're diving into our, uh, continuing on in our Shaping Faith series and so I hope you guys, as you, if, you, if you're getting caught up in this or if you're visiting, it's a super cool series. It's, it's a long one, but it's, we're equipping people. We are equipping the saints with tools. And so we're filling up your tool belt with different things that you can be using to grow and walk in your walk in your faith. And, uh, and so we started out with the core four, which is uh, the text and prayer and worship and fasting and how and sermons on all four of those areas and how to implement those in your life for the core four. And now we're in the community section uh, and I believe we have about eight different pieces of community. Last week, uh, we got to talk about emotional vocabulary. Next week, we're going to talk about uh, conflict uh, in community and why that's necessary. And this week, we get to talk about empathy and, and what, it re- what does empathy really mean and, and, and how is it, why is it so critical? Why would we spend a whole week talking about empathy uh, in our community? So super excited for that. Do you guys know why this church exists it came, people that came down here and planted this church, they planted it uh, for this singular purpose, to reach the world for Jesus Christ one person at a time. That's why we exist. That's why we're here. We're not here to sit in a fancy building. We get, do get awesome videos and all these things, but that's why this church exists. And what our hope is, is that we would continue to, to show people who Jesus is and that they would fall in love with him. And we do that by making biblical disciples in relational environments. So Sunday is great. It's awesome. I'm sure glad you guys all came here. Um, but we want us to get into smaller relational environments where we can utilize these tools that we're talking about. So uh, I do want to say happy Mother's Day to all of the fabulous moms out here. Happy Mother's Day, huh, everybody? Uh, I had this handed to me. I thought this was fantastic. Uh, you can look it up on, I think it was posted on YouTube, but this was by a gal named Amy Young. And I wanted to uh, hit a few of these points, not all of them, but it has to do with the wide spectrum of mothering. It said, uh, to those who gave birth this year to their first child, we celebrate with you. To those who lost a child this year, we mourn with you. To those who are foster moms, mentor moms, and spiritual moms, we need you. To those who lost their mothers this year, we grieve with you. To those who step parent, we walk with you on these complex paths. To those who will have emptier nests coming up this year, we grieve and we rejoice with you. That's Carrie and I. We'll be, we'll be emptier nesters this year. You guess who's grieving and who's rejoicing. No. I act all tough about and excited that my son's going out to, to uh, conquer the world and do all kinds of great things out there for, for Jesus and for the world. And I'm all excited that he's leaving, but I'll probably be the biggest baby when he's gone because uh, I love him. 
this Mother's Day, uh, this is the ending quote of this is great. This Mother's Day, we walk with you. Mothering is not for the faint of heart. And we have real warriors in our midst. We remember you. So thank you, moms. That didn't happen at any of the other services. I just got super emotional. Um, This emotional vocabulary thing. Look at this. Um, All right. So uh, when we talk about empathy, um, we can hear Josh Gray's great definition, or we can hear the great definition we could find on Google. 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 Uh, But what about a definition from somebody who studied it uh, at such a deep level that's actually uh, a doct- has, a, has her doctorate and understands empathy at a great, great level. So I wanted to share this video with you. I've watched it. This will be my 13th time watching it. Uh, you can just uh, Google Brene Brown empathy and find this video. But I wanted to share this with you because I think it's such a great definition of what empathy really looks like. Check this out. So what is empathy? And why is it very different than sympathy? Empathy fuels connection, sympathy drives disconnection. Empathy, it's very interesting. Teresa Wiseman is a nursing scholar who studied professions, very diverse professions where empathy is relevant and came up with four qualities of empathy. Perspective taking, the ability to take the perspective of another person or, or recognize their perspective as their truth. Staying out of judgment, not easy when you enjoy it as much as most of us do. Recognizing emotion in other people and then communicating that. Empathy is feeling with people. And to me, I always think of empathy as this kind of sacred space when someone's kind of in a deep hole and they shout out from the bottom and they say, I'm stuck, it's dark, I'm overwhelmed. And then we look and we say, hey, and climb down. I know what it's like down here. And you're not alone. Sympathy is... Ooh, it's bad, uh-huh. Uh, no, you want a sandwich? Um, empathy is a choice, and it's a vulnerable choice, because in order to connect with you, I have to connect with something in myself that knows that feeling. Rarely, if ever, does an empathic response begin with at least. I had a, Yeah. And we do it all the time because you know what? Someone just shared something with us that's incredibly painful and we're trying to silver lining it. I don't think that's a verb, but I'm using it as one. We're trying to put the silver lining around it. So I had a miscarriage. At least you know you can get pregnant. I think my marriage is falling apart. At least you have a marriage. John's getting kicked out of school. At least Sarah is an A student. But one of the things we do sometimes in the face of very difficult conversations is we try to make things better. If I share something with you that's very difficult, I'd rather you say, I don't even know what to say right now. I'm just so glad you told me. Because the truth is, rarely can a response make something better. What makes something better is connection. So as we talk about reaching the world for Jesus one person at a time, how does this tie into this? And when you think about uh, empathy in your life and how good or not good you are at it, you should study it for a week. You'll find out a lot about yourself. Um, and, and, and the points and times and things that you miss. 
And so um, I found this quote that I thought was, was fantastic as I was studying, uh, studying the text this week for empathy. Let's take a look at it real quick here. Empathy is the gateway to compassion. Sit on that. Empathy is the gateway to compassion. It's understanding how someone feels and trying to imagine how that might feel for you. It's a mode of relating. So you see, compassion takes it farther. It's feeling what that person is feeling and actually holding it and accepting it and taking some kind of action, maybe. Maybe the action that you take is just being there. There is nothing that any of us can say or do when someone is mourning the loss of a child that's going to make it better. You can just be. And that's where empathy, why it's the gateway to compassion. And every time I was searching for empathy in the text, it always took me to compassion. Now, here's the neat thing about empathy. You guys are obviously familiar. We had a graduation weekend this weekend. Uh, Congratulations to all you graduates. Uh, There's an IQ quotient, right? Everybody has an IQ, an intelligence quotient, how well you process and handle information and and how basically how how, how well you can assimilate information and all those things. And so how many people, we know those people that their IQ is off the chart. You're just like, wow. They are amazing. They are, like, they just get it. Like, they can read something. Like, they're just, they eat it up, right? But sometimes uh, that same person could have this amazing IQ, and they could be emotionally inept. And so we can work on our IQ to a certain point. I'm only going to be able to assimilate information so well. But we have this other uh, quotient called your EQ, it's your emotional quotient, your emotional intelligence, a book that was written on emotional intelligence. And you can drastically improve your emotional intelligence. You can be drastically better at being empathetic. One of the uh, gentlemen I was talking to this week, he, uh, they, they moved to Spokane, and he's a friend of mine. I was calling him, and, he, and I was sharing with him a little bit of news about my position change here. And one of the things he said was a compliment about my wife, which is good, um, which, which was awesome, is he said, you know the thing about Carrie? Whenever I would walk through the lobby and I observe her talking with somebody, it's like nobody else in the room was there. She was so focused on who you are and what you're saying and what's going on. Like, I, like there wasn't about the next person to talk to or the next person that was walking by, which I violated that a couple times today, I'm sure. You know, it wasn't about that. It was, it was you matter. I see you. And that's where the text journey took me this week as we, as we look into this. How can we get better at empathy? Well, God, show me. Show us how we can be better at empathy because if empathy is the gateway to compassion and compassion changes the world when it's introduced uh, in in our Christ Jesus, how can we get better at this? It's pretty important. So let's take a look. Matthew, 
said, when he saw the crowds, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. What did he do before he had compassion? He saw them. To be seen, to be known, to be heard. Let's look at the next one. When the Lord saw her, his heart went out to her. And he said, don't cry. When the Lord saw her. How about the next one? When Jesus landed, he saw a large crowd. And he had compassion on them and healed their sick. Are we getting the pattern? Let's look at the next one. When Jesus saw her weeping... And the Jews who had come along with her were also weeping. He was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. And he said, where have you laid him, he asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. And Jesus wept. Let's look at the last one. So he got up and went to his uh, father. But while he was still a long ways off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. And he ran to his son, sermon for another day, uh, threw his arms around him and kissed him. To be better at being better at empathy, to be more empathetic, I, I'll use I statements, I have to see people better. I have to not be in that device that sucks my attention away from God's people. I have to not uh, be in that other bigger device that sucks my attention away from being out where God's, God's people are. I have to intentionally care about getting my eyes off of myself and onto other people so I'll actually notice what's going on in my own community. So I'll actually notice what's going on in my own family. So to be better at empathy, which is the gateway to compassion, we need to see people. The text shows that the text shows us to be more empathetic, we need to see others. Are you willing to see others? What's next? How do we, how are we going to continue to get better at empathy? Let's look at at the next te- piece of text. The righteous cry out and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all their troubles. So we see people, but now do we hear them? And what kind of hearing are we talking about? We're talking about active listening. We're talking about you made eye contact, now you're talking to them, and they, and they know that you're listening. Because we know the difference, don't we? When somebody's just waiting for you to get done so they can say what they want to say next. Okay, you're done good. I have something I want to say. I don't even know what you just said. And so to be an active listener, to be seen, to be heard. Let's look at the next piece of text. 
The Lord said, I have indeed seen their misery, the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers and I am concerned about their suffering. I know this is a simpleton thing, but to see people and to hear people. Let's look at the next one. To answer before listening, that is folly and shame. So how are we listening? If we're here to reach the world for Jesus Christ one person at a time, guess what we have to do? We have to see people. And and if we're we're gonna make biblical disciples in relational environments, we have to hear people. We have to listen to them well. If we're at a a level of a four of empathy in here, I don't know how many people would raise their hand and be like, I'm the most empathetic person here. Let me come up and talk, get off the stage. But like, as I'm diving into this, I'm like, man, there's a lot of room here for me. If we're at a four as a body, you know, are we gonna impact the world for Jesus Christ if we can learn how to be a seven? Yeah, because empathy is the gateway to compassion and compassion is gonna change the world. Compassion through Jesus Christ. So the next slide, empathy requires active listening, not just listening, active listening, active heartfelt, I hear you. Sometimes you even need to repeat back to them what you heard them say so they know that they heard you. It's so ingrained in who we are, we have a whole set of our home group uh, guidelines that are designed to protect empathy as a home group, which you probably go over every week, right, in your home group, right? Right? Let's take a look. Here's our home group guidelines. So this is, we want to be in community to make biblical disciples. Let's see if any of these would be affected by lack of empathy. Confidentiality. What says, what's said in the group stays in the group. If you're getting real with people and you're sharing your heart of what's going on and they're actively listening to you and then you go out and blab around the, the world about that, how is that going to affect empathy? Are, do, are people going to want to share things with you? Are you going to be able to be empathetic? Is it going to create a culture of that? No. Listening, we just talked about active listening, but not listening to say what you want to say next. Not listening to try and, try and uh, to change their mind, but actually really listen to them and telling people, and our group did a great job last, uh, last week, they say, man, thanks for sharing. Thank you for sharing. And there's a pause to let things sit. We don't always have to have somebody talking. It's not the most words, who, who says the most words games wins. There's a pause. Silence is okay. It actually might mean you're pondering something. That what they said mattered so much that I need to think about it before I blurt something out. No crosstalk. That's the looking over to somebody else when they're trying to share with you, right? That would affect empathy. Next. No fixing. I was going to have this battle like empathy or no empathy and we were going to have a group of people come up there and they'd have a little card on the mic and, and I'd be like, oh, obviously Romans 5-7, Romans five, uh, five, Romans just, and just Bible slap them with the Bible and kick them off the stage and be like, good, I fixed them. I'm sure they're excited. I'm sure they felt a real relational connection because I just Bible slapped them with the correct answer. But the correct answer is still important. But did you have enough relational capital with the people because they know that you care about them because you've been empathetic and compassionate with them that when you do get a chance to share that with them, they can receive it really well. No rescuing. 
No rescuing. You know why I rescue people? Because I'm uncomfortable with their sad situation. I rescue because I'm uncomfortable, not because because of, of where they are. And so that's one of our ground rules is to not rescue folks. It's okay to sit in that. It's okay to say, I'm grieving with you. That is, that is, that is really hard. I am sad that that happened to you. Sit, sitting with them, right? Know how we're sharing. Are you the person that's sucking all the empathy out of the room from everybody all the time? He gets a two-way street, right? You re- to receive empathy and to give it. So know the time we're sharing. And using I statements, taking ownership. Man, I, I have never felt what you're feeling right now. And I, I am grieved that that's happening to you. We had this one example that happened on our staff a while back. We had a staff member that was going through the ringer. They were going through the ringer uh, personally. They were going through the ringer professionally. They were going through the ringer financially. Their kids were being attacked. And we had prayed for this person. Like, just, yeah, so we did pray. We just prayed, prayed, and prayed, and prayed, and prayed. And at one time during our meeting, as we were sharing and what's going on, he was sharing what's going on and, and what life was, and you could just tell he was empty. He had nothing left. And, so, and, and somebody just said, you know, I'm, I'm just grieved that this is happening to you. And is be there and being there for the people in our community. As you think about this and as it rolls around, do you desire to be, to learn how to be more empathetic? And why are we gonna spend a whole sermon focusing on, on what word empathy? And if empathy leads us to compassion and that's what we're seeing all over the text, what can we do about it? We can see people, we can hear people, and we gotta be transparent. It's not a one-way street. Empathy is not a one-way street. You gotta open up your heart. You gotta be, what if, you might have been abused so much by people that are so poor at empathy, you won't even talk about it anymore. You won't even put yourself in that position because people tried to fix you and they tried to rescue you and they tried to do all those things to you, but they're not gonna get better. Your community is not gonna get better unless it has the opportunity to practice empathy. And you don't get to practice empathy unless you're transparent as well. Um, before we go into our time of communion, if you guys wanna go and, and get that, if you're serving that, I'm, I'm grateful that you're serving that. Um, and we have an open table. So we have a lot of visitors here today, people that came from graduations and all kinds of cool stuff. Uh, we celebrate the Lord's Supper every week at Real Life and it's a privilege and honor to do so because we wanna remember him. We wanna remember what God did for us. So if you are a believer in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, we'll just have you hold the elements and we'll all take it together at the end. If you're new and you're just coming because your mom made you come because it's Mother's Day um, and you don't know about this Jesus stuff, you can just let it pass by um, and we'd love to talk to you about that, but we'll hold those all together. So as we're passing those out, I have a couple more pieces of text I wanna talk to you guys about. Um, Let's look at the next piece of text. So uh, rejoice with those who rejoice. Empathy isn't, uh, isn't always just about sadness. 
So I was sitting here on Thursday night, and many of you received an email from me. We're praying for baby Amy. And I was, I was speaking on Thursday night here, which is a great service. You should totally check it out because the weather's nice um, on Thursday nights. But I, then I see this text flashing up on this screen here. There's a text that the surgery went pretty darn well, right? And so we rejoice with those who rejoice, right? That's part of it. And we mourn with those who mourn. Next one. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion. Well, how would I put on the clothes of compassion, Father? Walk me through that. How do I do that? If empathy is the gateway to compassion, and I'm supposed to clothe myself with compassion, I have to drill down on empathy. Clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Next one. Finally, all of you, be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate and humble. Be compassionate and humble. Next one. Praise be to the God and Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion. He must be pretty good at empathy. He must understand where you are. He actually came down and felt what we felt and walked on this earth. Is that not the ultimate sign of empathy? To know, to be known? Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves received from God. We get to choose to chase empathy, to understand what that looks like, to be more compassionate. And why does that matter for us? Because we're going to reach the world uh, for Jesus one person at a time by being judgmental and Bible slapping people and correcting them and telling them how bad they are and how wrong they are with no relationship whatsoever. False. We're going to reach the world for Jesus Christ because we become more like Christ. Amen? Amen? And what do we hear about Jesus Christ? He was compassionate. And how did he become more compassionate? He saw people. And when he saw people, what did he do? He listened to them. He heard them. They were known. And he was transparent with them. He was allowing to be known as well. And so that's how we're going to change the world for Jesus Christ, one person at a time. It's not about the, the name of the pastor up here. We come and go. It's not about the name of the church or these fancy seats. This, this come and goes probably won't be here in 200 years. But who you talked to and who you saw and their kids and their grandchildren and their grandchildren and their grandchildren because you introduced them to Jesus by being compassionate and seeing them, that will matter. That's legacy. That's forever. You get to choose that. And did not our Lord do something that is legacy that is forever? So let's look at our questions really quick for the week. For your home group, you'll be excited for these. What would change if you were better at being empathetic in your marriage, with your kids, at your workplace, with your parents? What would change? You'd be more compassionate. 
And what would that mean? You'd have more chance to be hurt because you would have let somebody into your heart. Right? But also you'd have more chance to be loved. Next. Who do you see modeling empathy well? You've seen it. Who does it really well? I bet you they're busy. I bet you their people are drawn to them. What has it done for your relationship with them? When you go to somebody who understands empathy really well and you hang out with them, how do you feel when you leave? You're pretty darn excited to be around them. You become a magnetic person and a magnetic person can draw people to Jesus. Lastly, how can understanding and modeling empathy help us accomplish the vision and mission for our church that we already hit that? I already gave you the answer. Darn it. Darn it. Why do I do that? I love you guys. We are going to change the world for Jesus one person at a time right here with you sitting right here. And if you're visiting with us, you go do it back where you live. You're going to be amazing because we're chasing compassion. The journey to compassion goes through empathy. The journey to compassion goes through empathy. I missed a slide. We're going to have to roll back, guys. I'm sorry. Uh, I missed my last slide. Six, the one that says about, you'll find it. We missed it. Yeah, this one. You know why this one's cool? Because this is my idea. I don't know if it's cool or not. This is what I think. Empathy leads to compassion. And compassion leads to transparency. And transparency leads to authentic community. It's real people doing real life together. Sounds like a good name for a church. Right? So we want to do that together just like our Lord did. So let's take take the... um, communion together. So that night he looked at his uh, disciples and he held up the bread and he said that this is my body, right? This is his body. Take it and eat. Thank you, Lord. And then he took the cup and we had given thanks. He gave it to them and saying, drink from it, all of you. This is uh, my blood of, of the covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Thank you, Father. Lord, I thank you for your uh, amazing time in the word here, Lord. I ask that these notes be put on people's hearts, on their refrigerators, on their tables, Lord, and that we would just, just be filled with understanding our journey uh, through empathy to be more compassionate. And the reason, Lord, we want to be more compassionate because we want to show you off. You're so worth showing off. When people see you and understand who you are and that you're the father of compassion, they will fall in love with you and that's all we want to do is introduce them to you, Father. Help us to change the world, Lord, through your text, through your word, through your understanding. We're so grateful to you, Lord. You are a good, good father. Thank you for this time together. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for checking out this message from Real Life on the Palouse. You can find out more about us by visiting us online at liferotp.com and connecting with us on Facebook and Instagram. Until next time, have a great week.